This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering four conversations from Episode 10, our discussion on pediatric and adolescent Naffold and Nash. Plus, from The Vault, Conversation 15.3 from Season 3, in which Louise Campbell, Naeem Al-Khoury, Marcelo Kugelmas, and I discuss issues surrounding pediatric Naffold as they arose at the 2022 Chronic Liver Disease Foundation Conference. This wrap-up conversation starts with my observation that the impact of pediatric and adolescent Naffold and Nash reminds me of the old cartoon Avalanches, in which a snowball starts small at the top of the hill and becomes enormous by the time it gets to the bottom. Staying with this metaphor, I asked the group what we must do now to slow, change the course of, or shrink the coming snowball slash avalanche. You'll have to listen to hear a diverse set of really interesting answers. One key point emerging from this episode is that the effects of the fatty liver pandemic will be with us far after we've begun to implement new drug and lifestyle interventions for adult patients today. This is a big issue with far-reaching long-term implications. So sit back, listen, digest, Enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. What I hear a story about a population where the more severe the disease is, downstream, the worse the hazard ratio is. What that immediately says to me is fundamentally what we're dealing with is momentum. So it's like a cartoon snowball as it rolls down a very large hill, creates its own avalanche because the snowball just gets so big. If that's what we're dealing with here, where do you think we have the ability in advance of drug trials for pediatrics to intervene to either slow down or ideally eviscerate the snowball? Rohit Coley. What I would say is depends on the slope of the hill. And every child, because of their underlying genetics and ethnicity and family, have a different slope. So when you're talking about medications and surgery, that's a really steep hill. That means that children who already have F2, F3 when they're 13, 14, they need to be in the trial versus the ones that just have fat in their liver. They may develop diabetes and have other problems. I get it. But don't put them on antifibrotics and anti-inflammatories. They should be on a push to be lifestyle, family, psychology. Different strokes for different folks. Right. Just quickly, does that mean if drugs are approved in adults and not yet in adolescence that you would see those kids going on those drugs anyway? The 12, 13, 14 year olds with significant fibrosis? Once they get to 18, who's going to stop us, right? So I'd rather find out which of those drugs actually makes a difference to the 13, 14 year olds through clinical trials, but focus on that population when we do the trials. Name al Yeah, I completely agree. Obviously, medications are not going to be the answer. Luckily, the majority of patients, but there is that tip of the iceberg that progress fast, that has the family history uh, where we need to be aggressive. My hope is that we don't copy the trial design from adults and we get to be more inclusive in pediatrics. I think having any fibrosis in an adolescent is already alarming to me. So the hope is that we start at any fibrosis, so F1 or higher. Doing anything with cirrhosis in pediatrics is almost impossible. So I don't think you're going to see cirrhosis trials in children. So I think the target population should be F1 to F3. And my hope is that we also rely on uh, non-invasive tests to um, identify appropriate patients and monitor how they're responding. I think potentially, you know, the risk-benefit ratio has to be toward more benefit and less potential for harm in children because, again, they have a long life to live and being on a medicine for decades can potentially lead to downstream um, unwanted events that you don't necessarily see in someone who's starting the medicine at 60 or 65. But yeah, my hope is that we think outside the box 
weeks, we come up with different trial design and we are more inclusive in the pediatric population. Jörn Schattenberg. My thinking, and you know, I hope Naeem and, and Rohit and uh, all these pediatric physicians involved or uh, hepatologists involved in the care of pediatric patients really get to those families and educate them about the adverse courses we're seeing in adulthood, because I think this is really the arena of prevention, as Rohit said, not to target these kids with antifibrotics and maybe fibrotic markers are not the best ones to be explored in them. You really have to take preventive measures here and try to get the whole organism retuned in, in terms of a healthy metabolism again. The examples you're saying, Naeem, are, are extreme. I think at a much lower level, many kids are affected and we really have to do something as a society. So for me, the pediatric arena is always the preventing the wave we're seeing in adulthood. That's the way I see it as an adult uh, physician, although I realize, I mean, they're very sick kids at a young age. And just to add to this, since the liver is usually the first organ where you see damage, I mean, thinking about uh, progression to type 2 diabetes is a very valid endpoint. Also, worsening kidney function, development and worsening of dyslipidemia. I think all of these things should be taken into account as we think about uh, trial design in uh, children. And I think these are very valid outcomes for this patient population. Louise Campbell. I agree with everything that the guys have said. I think our biggest struggle is we are not quick enough in the context that technology moves so quickly. There's a figure out on from Dr. Sandro De Maio, the Australian physician who's given an excellent lecture at Easel before, talking about Coca-Cola and all of the big manufacturers, um, McDonald's, and how they fight. And this figure, and this was Australian children who were probably less exposed than American children. But by the age of 13, there have been 72 million data points collected about that child, advertising for use. How do we fight that level of harmful products, the e-cigarettes, the obesity, the junk food, all of that? How do we even cope with that to educate our children to be able to stop it? The speed that a trial takes. Talk about tsunami. We know these figures are coming with childhood obesity, but it frightens me. So I I can't disagree with anything that anybody said. So Louise, I'm going to go past that. I'm going to agree violently with what you just said, which is that there's an element of this that's screamingly a public policy problem. In the UK, you guys are fighting it a lot harder on sugar drinks and and bad foods than we are in the States. We've got a couple of cities here take it on, but not any significant national or even statewide governments. We're basically feeding our kids stuff that's going to make their lives really difficult. And by the way, we'll make them less productive workers and shorten their lifespan and cost more money in the healthcare systems. So everything we talk about today says that on the science track, it's going to take time, right? Because we're not about to start prescribing drugs for kids when we don't know that there are no deleterious effects on a 12 or 13-year-old. But we know there are no deleterious effects teaching a 12-year-old not to drink so much soda, not to eat so much fast food. The things that we could do to affect advertising or what's fed to children in schools, oh, we should be working on this right now because that's where we started in terms of what slid. That's the thing we could jump on tomorrow if we wanted to. And then everything else, I think will just take the time it takes. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded the conversation or send an email to questions surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week with another innovative and inspiring conversation. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. <laughs>